MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, October 23rd edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Glad to be with you as we've got two games in Major League Baseball for today. Game 6 between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Game 7 between the Rangers and the Astros. So two elimination games on the docket for tonight. We'll get to those in a couple of minutes here. But first, I want to tell you over at vcin.com, the 2023-2024 College Basketball Betting Guide has been released. It is out today, 104 pages in that publication. Greg Hoops-Peterson, our main man on college basketball, had a big hand in the guide, previewed 11 conferences for us, also took a look at some betting nuggets for the major conference teams. As I mentioned, 104 pages all 32 conferences previewed, got some feature articles in there as well, including Matt Eumann's preseason top 25. The only way to get that guide, the only way to get any of our guides is to become a VSIN Pro subscriber, vcin.com slash subscribe. College basketball season beginning in two weeks here. Also, beginning tomorrow is the NBA season. Jonathan Von Tobel, Zachary Cohen going to have you covered for the association Make sure if you become a VSIN Pro subscriber, and you should, you pick up the NBA betting guide, which we released a couple of weeks ago now. That's got everything you need to know to get ready for the upcoming NBA season. All right, also over at VSIN.com, you get all of our NFL and college football content as well. So head over there, check it out, see what we have to offer. And that also include my Major League Baseball writings, which we'll have on game days and also with series previews over there at the website. So tomorrow... You may get a World Series preview. We'll see what happens in these two games tonight. Doing the podcast seven days a week, though, no matter what, up until the end of the World Series. So let's go ahead and get into it with these two games here for today because it seems like my voice is trying to fail me after being back home in Cleveland, uh, you know, climate changing and all those kinds of things. So we'll see if I can get through this show without too many interruptions here. Uh, but Diamondbacks and Phillies, this is the early game of the slate here tonight, 5.07 Eastern time for a rematch of Game 2. So that's Merrill Kelly and Aaron Nola. 
Nola and the Phillies, $1.85 favorite, total of eight in this matchup here. Uh, there are some better prices to be had in faraway places. If you have access to any of those, the lines here for the legal U.S. books definitely showing a little bit of a premium on Philadelphia. Some of the books out here in Vegas a little bit fairer with their number in this game, but it is hard to look at this game and not like anything other than the Phillies, isn't it? I mean, Nola was phenomenal in game two, six shutout innings, struck out seven, and also with the big lead, he only had to throw 82 pitches over his six innings as the Phillies were able to add on and then felt like they could just go ahead and call it a day for Nola. As far as Merrill Kelly goes, it's like he pitched poorly in game two necessarily. He only gave up three hits. The problem is that all three of those hits left the ballpark as solo home runs. And that was a pretty good example of one of the things I talked about and was concerned about going into that game to start is that Merrill Kelly at home this season, 259 ERA, 343 FIP. Opposing batters hit only 183 off of Kelly at Chase Field. 29% strikeout rate, 258 Woba against. But on the road here for Kelly, 84 innings pitched, so nine and two-thirds fewer innings. 407 ERA, 431 FIP. Opposing batters hit 261 with a 434 slugging percentage, a 332 Woba, and his strikeout rate dropped 6.3% to 22.7. So a lot of concerns there with Kelly, and that was a concern with Zach Gallon as well coming into this series. And Gallon, of course, didn't pitch well in game one, kind of wound up setting the tone for how this series has gone. But Kelly has not pitched well on the road. And I don't know why he would pitch well on the road here in what is going to be the most absurd of environments in Philadelphia that we've seen here so far in the postseason. And remember, Kelly kind of made some comments about the crowd, some comments about the World Baseball Classics, stuff like that. And, you know, the Phillies fans brought it. I mean, you saw some clips out there on social media of the Phillies, you know, their fans really getting after him when he was warming up in the bullpen before the game, stuff like that. This is a massive, massive spot for Kelly, a spot he's never been in before in a very hostile environment where I've talked about this throughout the postseason. Guys are aware of their home road splits. They are definitely more comfortable pitching in places where they pitch better. You know, it's just a mental thing. You feel like you don't have to be as perfect. You feel like you don't have to put every pitch exactly on the corner or exactly at the top or bottom of the strike zone because you've got a little bit of margin for error. When you go on the road and you've got bad road numbers and you don't get as many strikeouts, it, mentally, it's a difficult thing to try and overcome. So I think that is a problem for Kelly here in this start today. And Nola has just been good here throughout the course of the playoffs. Good in his first start in this series, as I mentioned. Good in his start against the Braves as well. And he didn't have a great regular season. 446 ERA, 377 expected, 403 FIP, and 193 and two-thirds. Gave up a career-high 32 home runs. But he's been great in the playoffs as an impending free agent, by the way. 44 and a third career playoff innings, 325 ERA, 288 FIP. So he is a guy who possesses that clutch gene. And he's been very good in the postseason, to be sure. And also the thing for Nola here at home, 87 and two-thirds innings pitched, 329 ERA, 340 FIP, 212 batting average against, 28.6% strikeout rate, 272 weighted on base average. On the road, 106 innings pitched, 543 ERA, 455 FIP, slugging percentage is 80 points higher, batting average is 50 points higher, gave up 20 of his 32 home runs on the road, strikeout rate 5.5% lower. So Nola's at home where he's very comfortable. He doesn't have to be in adverse conditions like Kelly does. So 
Is it cut and dry that the Phillies win? I don't know. Maybe. But this is a big price to lay with that $1.85 favorite here. So I'm not going to take a piece of this. Uh, the run line at home is minus one and a half at small plus money, plus 110, plus 115. But in an elimination game where you pull out all the stops because there's no tomorrow, I don't know that I'd want to lay a run line against a team that is fighting for its playoff life. Now, if the Phillies do jump out early, it may be tough for the Diamondbacks to come back unless the Phillies relax a little bit. So I think that is a possibility from a live betting standpoint. If Philadelphia gets off to a good start in this game, they may just kind of put it in cruise control as Arizona. You know, They had to fight to get into the playoffs. They've had some very emotional moments throughout the playoffs. They're just not really that great of a team. And I kind of wrote about that you know, in the intro to that game breakdown. The Phillies started the season 25 and 30. But from June 1st to October 1st, they were 65 and 42. That was the fourth best record in baseball. Arizona from June 1st to October 1st, 51 and 55. So that was a below 500 team for a large portion of the season. The Phillies were up there as one of the best teams in baseball over the final four months. The Diamondbacks were not. And I think we're kind of seeing that play out here where Arizona did take advantage of the Dodgers with the layoff and the bad Kershaw start. But other than that, you know, it feels like they really haven't been that much of a threat in this series, despite it being 3-2. It just doesn't feel like they've been on the same wavelength as Philadelphia. And we could very well see that play out tonight, but I'm not laying the big $1.85 number here with the Phillies. But as I said, if you shop around, there are some lines in the minus 160s, uh, around minus 170. I think that's a little bit more interesting of a number here in this game. But I do have a play in Rangers Astros. So come on back after this short break on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics. Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please rate, review, subscribe, five star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this and all of the shows here in our VSIN Family Up podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Hardwood Handicappers, Jonathan Vod Tobel, Kelly Bidlin, Zach Cohen. They'll be doing a little bit of a rotation there with the podcast throughout the course of the NBA season, sharing best bets, updating you on what's happening around the league. That should be a lot of fun. JVT and Zach also combining to give us seven days a week worth of coverage of the NBA at vcin.com so definitely looking forward to that as the season tips off tomorrow and also tomorrow there are 16 nhl games all 32 teams in action for the first time they're calling it the frozen frenzy johnny lazarus returns on tuesday with his daily best bets article which is tuesday through saturday so looking forward to that as well all right so let's talk rangers and astros here max scherzer christian javier in this one the Astros minus 125 favorite painted across most of the market here. Total of nine in this game. And I'll go ahead and give you the spoiler alert here. I like the Astros minus 125. You know, Christian Javier has actually pitched extremely well here in the postseason through his two starts. And if you look at some of his more advanced metrics, not his 411 ERA, but if you look at some of his advanced metrics throughout the month of September, he was actually quite good. 40 strikeouts and 30 and two thirds held the opposition to a 269 weighted on base average. The 411 ERA was a little bit high. He did have some walk issues here and there, but the Astros really increased the run on his fastball. And throughout most of the season, it felt like Javier was fighting to find it. He was having a really hard time replicating the success that he had from last season. But it does appear that in some way, shape or form, the Astros found a way to make his fastball more effective. And that's a very important thing because he is a fastball-heavy pitcher. He's a flyball-heavy guy, which means the margin for error is a little bit thinner because you know if you don't have guys hitting the top or the bottom of the baseball and they're able to square it up, that's when you get those doubles and those home runs and those other very detrimental forms of contact. But the Astros have made Javier's fastball move a little bit more, which has kept it off the barrel here of late. And he, does, he has had the two good starts in the playoffs, the Josh Young home run uh, in game three uh, in the fifth inning was really his only blemish. And if you look, his four hardest hit balls in that game came in the fifth and sixth innings. So I do wonder if maybe the Astros do have a little bit quicker of a leash on him. Now, they do still have the Brian Abreu thing hanging over their heads because apparently Major League Baseball is too busy to fulfill one appeal, one suspension appeal. Uh, I don't know why. It's not like there's a whole lot going on here right now, but they're taking forever to get back to the Astros on this. I do think Abreu will be unavailable for game seven. I think they will at least suspend him for a game. We'll see if it stays at two, but either way, you know, for Javier, the Astros have found something and this is what they do. And they've been very good at doing it for a long time. And that's why if they win tonight, 
it'll be their fifth World Series appearance in seven seasons, which is ridiculous. They are two and two in the World Series, by the way. But another thing for Javier here, as I talked about in the NLCS game, there are home road splits at play for both Merrill Kelly and Aaron Nola, and they are favorable towards the home side in that one. It's a similar thing here for Christian Javier. He only threw 68 innings at home during the regular season here, but a 371 ERA, 365 FIP, 401 slugging against, gave up seven home runs out of the 25 that he's allowed this season. But his strikeout percentage, 24.9% at home, and maybe more importantly, his walk rate, 7.4% at home. Compare that with his road numbers, 94 innings pitched a 517 ERA, so almost a run and a half higher. 524 FIP is over a run and a half higher. 441 slugging against on the road, so that's 40 points higher. Woba against was 16 points higher on the road. As I mentioned, gave up 18 of his 25 home runs. And his strikeout percentage was down 3%, walk rate up 2.8%. Those are all bad things on the road. And Javier went on the road in Game 3 and pitched pretty well. Now he'll be back at home for this start where he's more comfortable and his numbers definitely look better. Well, I do think that there are some compelling reasons to back Javier. A lot of this is frankly a fate of Max Scherzer. And and Mad Max is a Hall of Famer. He's going to have a plaque in Cooperstown. He's one of the best pitchers that we've ever seen. But he's not right right now. You know, he did rush to come back. Apparently, physically, he's okay. But from a command standpoint, it didn't look good in game three. Gave up five runs on five hits over four innings and 63 pitches. Struck out four, walked one. Double homer and three singles for him. Also a wild pitch that scored a run. But there weren't a lot of silver linings. I mean, the velocity looked fine, but he allowed nine hard hit balls in just four innings. Average exit velo, 97.3 miles per hour. It's just hard to flip that switch and find that command. The velocity can be there. The spin rates can be there, but it doesn't mean that you're going to locate your pitches where you want to. And Scherzer in game three did not locate his pitches where he wanted to. Now he is on regular rest and we'll see if maybe a side session, a bullpen in between allowed him to fix some things, but I just don't think he's going to be particularly sharp here tonight. I don't think there's a lot of margin for error. And look, I mean, I think that, you know, the Rangers have been there, done that. They've been in these types of situations, or the Astros, excuse me, have been there, done that. They've been in these types of situations before, and the Rangers really haven't. I mean, they came back and rallied in one game six, and Nate Uvaldi was really good, but Framber Valdez has been a weak link in that Astros rotation basically since the All-Star break. And so I expected that. I expected the Rangers to, you know, bang out some offense against Valdez, and they did. I don't really expect that for the Rangers against Javier with the way that he's throwing the ball. And I certainly expect the Astros to do better against Scherzer than the Rangers do against Javier. So do the Astros finish it off? I think so. Do they get a lead here in this game? I think so. I do like Astros minus 125. I did give some thought, obviously, to the first five here. Houston is minus 125 for the first five as well. But I just feel like this Rangers bullpen's been shaky as well. I mean, Jose LeClerc really pitched out of a big spot yesterday. Uh, couldn't pitch out of a big spot, you know, a few days ago in game five when Altuve hit the home run. The Rangers bullpen scares me. And I think piggybacked on top of the fact that Scherzer is going to give you probably four innings in this game. He's only going to go about 60 pitches. I do think that Scherzer, you know, his outs prop 13 and a half. I think that's a little bit high. I think I would look under, but that's minus 125 here. I just don't think we're going to get a big, long Scherzer start, which means somebody is going to have to cover up innings 
in middle relief, and then somebody's going to have to pitch in high leverage if those spots pop up. And I just don't think the Rangers are well-equipped for that here in this game. So I like the Astros, minus 125 to advance. And I do think that by the end of the night, we'll have a rematch of last year's World Series, which the Astros won in six games over the Phillies. One big difference, if we get it, the Phillies are at home. In the World Series against the Astros, they would go on the road if they take on the Rangers and the Diamondbacks would be on the road against either team if they were to come back and advance here over the Phillies. So Astros minus 125 to play for me here tonight, and we'll see if I'm writing a World Series preview and talking about the World Series on tomorrow's show or if we have a game seven between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. But again, head to vcin.com slash subscribe, get subscribed, get that college basketball betting guide, get that NBA guide, and I will talk to you again tomorrow with another edition of vcin Daily Baseball Bets. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.